1: You get me out of Tarvalin, I'll carry Elaine to her mother on my back. Matrim Cawthon, chapter 28, a way out. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my friend Tracy. I am here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. We are back to The Dragon Reborn, chapters 28 through 31 this week. Mm-hmm. And we are starting off from Matt's point of view I guess I can start with a little summary unless there was anything was there
0: was there any news Tracy that you <laughs> to us? you know if there is I probably won't remember it until later anyway I do feel like I've read something Wheel of Time recently that I was like, I need to tell Amber about this. And now I can't think of what it is. So maybe it'll come to you later. But I did. Has the Origins show dropped yet?
1: I figured you would have told me if it has. Okay. I didn't check this morning.
0: Okay. I'm really eager for that.
2: Me too.
1: Me too. We might we should probably go back and relook at which ones we've covered and which ones we haven't.
0: Oh, that's a good idea, because I don't think we got to all of the ones that are on Amazon right now.
1: Right. I think we just picked our favorite ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why would we do that?
1: (laughs) So anyways, chapter 28, A Way Out. Matt is in his room. Just cramming his face with more food. And then he's visited by our young ladies, Nynaeve, Egwene, and Elaine. They ask him for a favor. It's not really a proposition. They're like, hey, oh, like, oh. we need you to do this.
2: Mm-hmm. You would
1: be a good person if you did this. <laughs> and Elaine needs a letter delivered to her mother, the queen, more gays, and and Matt explains he would love to do it if he could, but he's not allowed to leave Tarvalin. And then Egwene produces the letter that was given to her by Swan Sanche, giving orders to whom over, whomever receives the letter, they are to do what is ordered by the bearer of the letter, and they should keep silent on authority of the Amarlin seat. And this is Matt's ticket out of the city. The young women leave. Matt does a little jig, realizing <laughs> that the Aumerleins' words will set him free of Celine and the tower. And he says, "You'll never catch me." He laughed. "You'll never catch Matt
2: Cawthon."
1: <laughs> I loved that quote so much. Mm. So yeah, that's chapter twenty-eight. It was pretty. Sh- it was short but eventful mm-hmm. and very entertaining.
0: Oh, highly, highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I love how spot on Egwene was with like everything that they, like Nynaeve Lane and Egwene, what they were trying to do to get Matt to do the thing that they wanted him to do. And each time they try and it fails, Egwene's like, I told you we just should have done this instead. And I just think it's really cute how well she knows him. And I mean, probably because like being in the same group Being the observer that she was of the various young boys in Emmons Field, the way that we see her in the Ravens chapter. Like, I'm just like, she has this interesting little perspective on Matt and she knows him. And that just. Really? I did not. You didn't think so? No. (laughs) No? (laughs) I just saw it
1: as Matt being like, there's no way I can do any of this. And it's because I can't leave the city. It's not like. I didn't feel as though he wouldn't do it. I felt like, yeah, he would totally go do it. He just isn't in a position where he can. And mm-hmm. it came down to the letter. As soon as the letter is produced, and he's like, All "Yeah, right, like let's do this." Yeah, and I don't know. I really liked Matt's like inner thoughts of kind of like seeing the girls again and being like, like I. I would dance with them again like I've danced with Nynaeve even once before and Mm -hmm. he's like kind of lost in thought as all of these things are playing out but Mm -hmm. I don't know like I didn't see I don't know I just
0: well I'm thinking in particular the point where Elaine does the are you a loyal subject of Andor do you not wish to serve the lion throne and your daughter heir Matt (laughs) snickered And then yeah. a green is like, I told you that wouldn't work either. And it's like, and that's like the second time where that's happened, where she's just like, we should have just flat out told him what we wanted, what we had for him. And then we wouldn't have had to go through this little dance with him. Like, these aren't things he responds to. Like, that's how I saw it before they gave him his out with the letter from the Amarylline.
2: Hmm. Yeah, then why didn't she leave
0: lead with that? Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was what Aguin was basically trying to say. It was like, I told you, like, trying to maneuver him wouldn't work as well as, like, just flat out telling him what we wanted and needed.
2: And mm-hmm. even he's
0: like, I think there's a point where he's like, well, I guess I should probably stop, like, leading them along and just let them know that I can't actually leave the tower. So he's kind of playing around with them, too, in his own mat type way. Yeah. Which is still, I think, I don't know, like you said, entertaining. This is a really entertaining scene. We see Nynaeve being almost old wisdom naive again. Uh, one of my favorite lines that she says is Don't you skitter away like Grease on a Griddle this time, Matram Coffin <laughs> <laughs> Like Grease on a Griddle. <laughs> Uh, I just love that Skitter. Don't you skitter away. So cute. Yeah. Okay, so despite
1: like really liking this chapter, I'm not a big fan of kind of like this, I don't know, almost like... man versus woman struggles, mentality like
2: mm-hmm. I don't know
1: like they're. Ugh, don't want to say any spoilers. In this chapter particularly, it's kind of like they're kind of like ganging up on each other
2: mm-hmm.
1: while Matt's kind of like letting it it feels as though he's trying to perceive as like everything like letting it slide off of his back. Like he's just being his normal, goofy self. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm like, man, like, just treat him like a human being, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: need your help. Is that mm-hmm. so hard? That's so hard, and in the wheel of time, apparently, it is the hardest. It's the thing hardest thing to, to, to do.
2: Yes,
0: hard to say thank you, hard to say I'm sorry, hard to accept help or ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like those are all things that come up as repeat themes that I just find so frustrating. They're very realistic, but they are very frustrating to me. I'm like, just, just ask, just flat out
2: ask.
1: Yeah, and then I mean. Like, Matt really is such a caring person, and there's even a moment where he's talking about Emmons field again, and he notices that the girls, the Egwene and Nynaeve look like they're gonna cry. If Mm -hmm. not, like, they're already tearing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he makes the note like, to change the subject because he, like, doesn't want to hurt them. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to see them hurt. And He's all the while, like, still kind of being, like, Matt, mm-hmm. where he has this kind of way about him where he can kind of, like, make a joke. And even though, like, his joke might make them kind of upset or kind of a little bit, like, it makes them, like, forget that mm-hmm. they were sad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even if they're, like, hands on hips, like, match them, you know, like, <laughs> you, like, don't do this or do that. and. He's just changing the subject and letting them kind of like get out of the mood that they were in. And it Mm -hmm. was almost like, I think we've brought this up before, but some people just have like almost a coping mechanism where it's like, I'm just going to be the class clown and let Mm -hmm. people laugh. That way, Mm -hmm. like nobody has to feel any pain or hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And I kind of think like that's one of Matt's. Like little superpowers. I mean, yeah, he can, he can make the situation lighter, even if it's like mildly upsetting mm-hmm. <laughs> to some. But I really, yeah. I really like that quality about him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So talking about the the girls being like sad about a field and like it looking like they may never go back again. Mm-hmm. There's a contrast there in like Matt, who, for some odd reason, really seems like whenever he's done romping around, wants to go back to Emmons field so i I think it's interesting that what he's seeing reflected in them is not something that he feels reflected in himself
1: you mean that he like he's not getting upset at the mention of Emmon's field or
0: Well, like, he feels homesick, but I don't Mm -hmm. think he feels like Emmonsfield isn't in his future at some point. Like, so often when he's talking about what he's going to do, he's like, and then I'll have enough gold to go buy the largest farm in the two rivers or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I
0: feel as though, like, he's seeing something in them that's almost a, a resignation that they may never be going back. And I mean, really, their path Make it so that that probably would not happen, really. Like, I would do Aes I, Sedai ever go back and live in their hometown again? Like, right, right. So, like, that makes sense. Like, their choices have put them in the tower, but Matt kind of feels like I'll be going back. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. If that there's makes nothing.
1: Or not. No, it does. There's okay. nothing. There's nothing right now keeping Matt from going back home except for he's not allowed to leave Tarvalin. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he would turn down, you know, having a little adventure, too. Yeah. But I think, yes, that option of going home is there for him, unless, you know, the Aes Sedai get their way, and he's tied to the Horn of Valir now, so that's, like, the big... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the big
2: point for him.
0: It would be crazy to keep it to Viren confined like that during this time. Oh,
1: I said I. Oh, I said I. Right. You know, the blue aja's eyes and ears network need to get a grip on things because I feel like if there had been more correspondence between Swan Sanche and Moraine, mm-hmm. they would both really know, like, what they were getting into with these Taviran.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that would just, like, I would love, love to see what that conversation would look like, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> just like Moraine, like, giving a, getting, getting a chance to vent Mm. like all of the trials and tribulations that she has gone through with mm. these mm. people and just hearing what swan's thoughts about it would be
2: mhm
0: there would be many fishisms oh yes many swanisms <laughs> swanisms i like it oh the the part where the girls finally do not finally, but when they they leave Matt and Matt has his little moment where he's like, and if you ever need me and they kind of crack up about this because of course they've had this right. conversation before and then Elaine is like, you'd have to be a woman to understand. And I'm like, Elaine, you're so funny <laughs> and cheeky. <You're> so cute. <laughs> you're so young. Uh, yeah. I I'm really curious to
1: see if the TV show goes the same route with Matt and the letter from the Amarlin. Like how... Mm -hmm. Just how is he going to get stuck in Tarvalen? Is it going to be under the same circumstances? Because as far as I'm aware, Matt staying behind was due to Barney Harris leaving. So... That would be something that needs rewritten. And if they had already had like the first few seasons planned out, this would require changes mm-hmm. to the future script, which would be the season two script. So I'm just wondering what it would have been and what in season two needed change
0: to accommodate that. I'm thinking timeline, because there is a bit of a convenience in Matt already being in Tarvalon, because mm-hmm. he needs to be there anyway to be healed from the dagger. Mm-hmm.
1: And unless it just comes down to I said I showing up and taking Egwene and Nynaeve back to Tarvalon, and Matt's there when they get there.
0: Yeah, but doesn't he like they have the whole? adventure through Falma before Matt goes back to the tower. So I don't know, like, will they... I just don't know how they could chronologically change that to, like, have Matt healed and then do the Falma thing because then he, like, does he need to be in Tarvalen for this? Will they just kick this whole part of his timeline in a different direction and make it meet up somewhere else later. Oh, yeah,
1: true. That's a good point. I mean, he could meet up with char- the character that he's about to meet up with in the next chapter, next second, cha- third chapter. But he could meet up with them anywhere, you know.
2: hmm yeah. yeah,
1: it's just it's a matter of getting everyone to Falma. That's mm-hmm.
2: the,
1: I guess the question. I don't see there being a hard way of getting everyone back to Tarvalen, but Falma, yes, mm-hmm. that is the.
0: Like Matt <laughs> has is a big
1: question mark.
0: Matt has to be there. He's the guy who blows. Yeah, he's the guy who blows the horn. I'm like, is that a spoiler? No, we covered that already. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I mean, that's one of the the reasons why he knows the Aes Sedai. I want to keep a close eye on him is he's already blown the horn of Valir and they've healed yeah. him. So I just don't know how you would... Oof. Okay. I
2: mm-hmm. would.
0: I would need a pen and paper and like a lot like of Like a, a wall yes! with
1: photos and thread and pushpins.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this does feel like a bit of a, a... puzzle. Yeah, puzzle. yeah, like just to pull it all apart and figure out how it's going to look and make one cohesive picture and have it still stick to Because I mean, there are some things, obviously, that they can change about the storyline. But these moments, these are big pivotal moments for things that are going to cascade through the rest of this book and into the rest of the series Mm -hmm. so i just don't see how they could rearrange all of that without a big maybe that's why season two is going to be like more of a combo between books two and three to get to book Mm -hmm. four is that they have to do a lot of adjusting around how the storyline changed in the show and last season. Yeah, I mean they could
1: they could give us this moment that we're having. No, they okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> right. They could have these interactions between Matt, Egwene, Nynaeve, Elaine, and Tarvalen if they wanted to. Like if they wanted to keep Matt and Tarvalen and have all of
2: them meeting up. Mhm. And then the girls leave
1: via way of Leandrin and Matt leaves via way of
0: I don't know. Yeah, cuz that's what I was trying to think of too if they like accelerated the plot line and made it so that Matt was there healed, had this conversation and then was pushed along to his next destination because he has to be at the next destination. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't know. I'm going to order one of those giant corkboard things and start putting it behind my my desk when I record so we can discuss this.
1: Maybe Matt just never ends up in Tarvalin. Like, he leaves the Waygate place. Mm and just goes elsewhere and I mean what I think is he's going to run into Tom like he does in this next chapter Mm -hmm. and we get the Kyrian assassination plot Mm -hmm. which is this kind of chapter here that's coming up so we're going to get that part of Matt's story kind of in mm-hmm. season two because Camelin we have Lord Barthanus and I mean it would to me it would make sense if we actually go ahead and show the assassination and get a little bit more about Moraine's background
2: mm-hmm.
1: Kyrian as a nation I would love mm-hmm. to see the Choden call mm. love love love
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean,
1: there's a lot to explore in Kyrian, and I think that they could do it in two episodes.
0: Mm-hmm. I know we're getting longer episodes, and I think that is just a have-to kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's a necessity, I feel. But mm-hmm. let's go to the
0: next chapter. Sure, sure, sure. I do love speculating about the show, but I feel like this is just a doozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so
1: chapter 29, A Trap to Spring. We now move to the kitchens of Tarvalin, where our young women are being put to work under the watchful eye of Loris, the mistress of the kitchens. Welcome, Loras! A round of applause for our dear friend, Loras. Absolutely. So, Swan Sanche makes this, like, really grand appearance and enters, and. As this happens, Laris takes Elaine and a queen away to have their mouths washed out with soap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And once close enough to be kind of secretive, the Amarlin tells Nynaeve that Shiryam found another gray man or gray woman in her own bed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Nynaeve explains about Elsa Grinwell. And how she had them search the basements and Swan Sanchez is pretty much stunned because she sent Elsa Grinwell home about 10 days ago and that couldn't have been her in the tower to relay a message. Mm -hmm. So alarm bells going off in my head. Mm -hmm. And Nynaeve believes that all of these clues that they found in the Tarvalin basements are a trap, but she's going to follow them anyways and spring a trap of their own. And Swan Sanche kind of like says, all right, like, we got to do it. You know, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we get this kind of exposition about what Kalendor is and the Stone of Tear from Swan Sanche the Omerlin because she is from Tear. So we learn a little bit more about the High Lords and the prophecy of the Dragon Reborn coming and this basically will create a situation where the Stone of Tear falls. Mm-hmm. So we learn that the High Lords of Tear are very, very
2: <laughs>
1: anti-Dragon Reborn, <laughs> anti-Channeler. <laughs> All of these prophecies that will happen in Tear will affect the Tyran Nobles greatly, so they are probably the least people to be excited about the dragon reborn showing up.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's chapter twenty-nine: a trap to spring. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do you want to know the first thing that got me in this chapter?
1: Tell me. I think I know, <laughs> but go ahead.
0: Um, it was about the spit dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh!
1: I watched I watched a show about how they how those worked but yeah.
0: Yeah. Super cool. Right? Um I think one of the things that's really interesting about it is I mean to me anyway is once kitchens changed and you didn't need to have like something turning that needed to be manually turned the way that a spit dog would would do that for you. Uh, they didn't breed do them anymore. Do we want to
1: explain? Do we want oh. to explain to people what a spit dog actually is? So
0: no, everyone know what knows what it about? is, right? Doesn't everyone know what a spit dog is? Um. <laughs> oh,
1: they're, they're always like, I always picture like the kind of like really the terriers with like the mustache, like the little
0: mm-hmm.
2: little mm-hmm. dogs.
0: Yeah. Uh it was it was a dog that was specifically. Bread to be able to fit into like this, it's almost like a hamster cage, basically, only large enough for a dog. And while the dog is running, he's turning or she is turning the crank of the spit that's over your open fire so that your meat, whatever you're roasting, gets cooked evenly. Because if it wasn't that dog, it was a human turning it. And that is really hot dirty exhausting work work, yeah yeah like I completely understand that's what Nynaeve is doing exactly (laughs) like I understand why she's all pissed off at this dog who's like oh my god I get to lay down this is the best I'm like that dog (laughs) loves you right now Nynaeve that dog does think you are the best stop resenting it (laughs) (laughs) but they like so they they had these dogs that would do that, but. I don't they are either no longer bred at all or they are very, very rare because nobody needed that type of dog anymore. And I was just like, oh the little spit dog (laughs) Having a little nap.
1: People listening send us your send us pictures of your favorite spit dog.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eleanor. Eleanor would be like a spastic Too big. dog. <laughs> yeah, she is. Too big. <laughs> yeah, they have to be pretty small. I'm trying to remember like what I'm trying to remember what documentary it was that I watched that was talking about you know like the evolution of ovens. It might have been a Lucy Worsley one. I love her. I'll see if I can find it. I
1: saw it on. I was looking at tours to take in the area that I live of, like, different castles and stuff. And one of them was, like, an old and timey, like, medieval kitchen. And the the host of the show that was showing these, like, different cities along this route was, like, showing what this contraption was. And he was like, here is where the spit dog would run. And I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Oh, that's cool. (gasps) Is that in any of the links that you sent to me?
1: No, I have okay. no idea which city it was in. It was one of those like stumble upon things that you mm-hmm. find when you're not looking for. It. <laughs> but and back
0: that accident chapter it broadened your oh. world, Amber. It was a mm-hmm. good accident.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we can move past the spit dogs now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thanks for indulging yeah. my like yes. yes. quirky happiness around that moment. <laughs> Absolutely. So
1: I think that it is interesting that Robert Jordan chose to have a character invented specifically for the kitchens. Mm -hmm. And that instead of doing some type of, I don't know, extra work, like Mm -hmm. schoolwork, because to me... When I think of a way, I guess in a school, because I guess mm-hmm. Tarballon is pretty much a school, mm-hmm. but I feel like you would give these women like more schoolwork or like learn the stories of, mm. you know, the the Amarlins that were stilled or something like I would have loved to have gotten more I guess. Ooh, history yeah, and mythology and inner workings like Ooh. via the women like having to do more studies or something. So I think this was a really like interesting choice for Robert Jordan I was like, nope, we're going to make them scrubbing stuff in the kitchens, dirty, sweating,
0: miserable work. And This is this is a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Some Maybe this oh, was quicker, but... Maybe? I don't know. I love that idea. Like, send them off to the library with the browns and make them translate something out of the old tongue. Or go learn about the most powerful Sa in the Westlands because why do only a dozen women in the tower know about them? Like, I get that grueling work like this builds character as we talk about in the chapter. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, they're already getting beaten daily. This is true. So why add this on top of it when you could give them access to one of the greatest libraries in the known world? Yeah,
1: and I feel like Robert Jordan, he's got, I mean, his notes are, he has Mm -hmm. enough notes where he could create, you know, how many more novels? Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that he didn't have a lot of this information mm-hmm. somewhere anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I think, why the, the big white book and the... What's the one you have? The... Oh, the companion? The companion. Like, that's mm-hmm. why these books exist, I feel like, is because there's so much more to the story mm-hmm. that's out there.
2: Mm-hmm. But...
1: I mean, if we're going the TV route, yes, I definitely want to see Laris because, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, she comes back, she's not gone forever, we Mm -hmm. will see her again, Mm -hmm. but I think that's one of the reasons why I would really love her for the TV series, Mm -hmm. but again, like, if they were to change it and make, you know, these meetings taking place in a different way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be completely devastated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just wow.
1: <laughs> Did I, am I making you <laughs> choose between libraries and Lars?
0: Is that? <laughs> oh, oh Tracy, wow. Well, I'm sorry. What am I doing? It's okay. No, it's fine. As much as I love Laris, my loyalties will always lie with a library. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> and that was a very um alliterative statement. <laughs> yep, fun. Um oh. no, that Oh, that would be so cool though. Like what if they made it that Varen was like their Aes Sedai overseer kind of thing? What if that's how we get like the papers well, and mean, stuff to yes. Agree. Yes.
1: That would make sense. Uh I mean, I think as far as Baron's character right now in the books, like, she's already given Egwene the stone ring to Mm -hmm. Like, I think that she would be a good fit to be kind of like this intermediary character that's kind of like the Mm go-between someone that feels Mm -hmm. Mm trustworthy-ish.
0: And that has kind of that almost maternal presence
1: right 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 and i mean they could do i mean they could try and do it with maybe shiriam but Mm -hmm. Mm. i don't know i mean they they could give her these characteristics like Mm -hmm. change her a little bit but i think Varen is a good choice
0: yeah i think she'd be much better than shiriam and i feel like shiriam would be hard to do because of her role as mistress of the novices like It's hard to get cozy with somebody who also, like, smacks you, (laughs) like, regularly, even though you know it's, like, her responsibility to do it, and you probably don't hold it personally against her. I don't know. Yeah,
1: they could. They could definitely um, go the Varen route, but I think with Shiryam, she feels trustworthy-ish.
2: She does. In the same way
1: that Varen does. Yes. Like, she kind of has this kindness to yep. her where, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of the Aes Sedai, they can turn it on and off, where it's mm-hmm. like, I can be your really good mentor, but I will punish you
2: harshly
1: mm-hmm. 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 if I feel like it, if yeah. it's necessary. So mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I think choices, that's a good... Choices,
0: choices. Yeah, I think that's a good point, because there are those those moments that I'm thinking about now, like when Egwene's going through the rings and she sees sympathy in Shiriam's face. And I think Nynaeve even comments on it. Like, there are moments where, um, like, benevolent emotions are associated with Shiriam. So, yeah, I can see where those things could be heightened for her. I just feel like it'd be easier with Varen, I suppose. Because I feel yeah. like she's so often, like, described as this like plump grandmothery kind of individual like her dreaminess almost gives her a vulnerable feeling that opens Mm -hmm. up the idea of trust I feel um I think Aguin sees past that a bit more than Elaine and Nynaeve perhaps but I mean of course for all of them it's always like anyone around us could be black Aja and we have no idea. So I feel as though there's a a reasonable hesitation on their part to like trust anyone completely but Yeah Shiryam even Alana
1: gets pulled into this mm-hmm. untrustworthy category.
0: Yeah, Alida of course.
1: Yeah. Like well that's easy.
0: <laughs> right? That's why I was like, of course. I almost don't even have to say her name. We should just know she's in that list. Evil. Yeah. Derrible. I have a question since we're talking about Shiriam. Do we have, like, anybody cast for her in the show yet? Do we know?
1: No, nothing that I've heard. Um, okay. I mean, there there are characters that are not like haven't been announced officially but you know the the wheel of time detectives and people like watt series has done like a lot of this really amazing guesswork and they've been i mean they've been like 95 percent with almost everything that they put out
2: that's impressive
1: i can only think of one character that they had to go back and say, "You know this was a mistake this this one man is not going to be in the series, but mm-hmm. I mean they're they're good <laughs> they're pretty good, but I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of these people that are guess like we're guessing to be in the series, I mean, they don't have a title, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: it
1: could be Shiryam.
0: Mm-hmm. it could be Varen, you know. Mm-hmm yeah huh i guess we just continue to wait find out we wait and see yes i love i love that uh there's someone out there that's figuring it out and it is so highly accurate that's amazing (laughs) it it really is
1: i mean yeah yeah i would say follow geeky eerie on instagram or twitter or wap series But yeah, it's, I mean, I love, I love seeing what all they're coming up with because it's like, okay, okay, like no real Wheel of Time news. Thank you, Amazon, for the drought. Right. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) They, I mean, they did give us that whole teaser trailer.
0: (laughs) Whatever. Greedy me, greedy me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm with you. No, more. But that feels like it was ages ago. It does. Yeah.
1: Was it? Oh, my God. That was it was over my birthday. That's It was. I mean, yeah.
0: Okay. Babbel's Babbel's going to be out soon.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Side note, listeners, if any of you have read The Poppy Wars or anything from that series by RF Kuang and want to read Babbel with us reach out to us because as soon as that comes out, we're going to be reading it for our book club and we are so oh, yeah. excited. So There's excited. But great things.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: Yee! Hooray yeah. for a magic system built Love it. around language. Interesting.
0: Okay. I think it's going to be really good. Her writing oh is just like, it's good. She's a very good. good writer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that feels like a super understatement, but for me, she hits a lot of the points for like enjoying a book and getting sucked up. I mean, I finished all three of the books in the first series within probably about a month and a half. So I like tore through them. They were difficult to put down. Okay. May I move on? I'm trying to think if there was. Should we go back to this? world of fantasy now? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, it's funny that we were talking about like how this, chain, this scene could be changed because in the side notes on my chapter writing I have, I want this scene with an exclamation point. Like,
1: <laughs> No, I really want it too. I, I love Laris mm-hmm. and I love this interaction that's going down in the kitchen and I love Swan Sanche kind of like swooping in and just oh my god like looking at things and checking for dust and inspecting the soup and just kind of like sniffing mm-hmm. at everything and these women just like sniveling and whimpering under her eye and just kind of mm-hmm. she just has this air about her where everyone else is just terrified and mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It was all an attempt to kind of like get one of the girls alone so that they can talk about all of these secretive things. And of course, Mm -hmm. Egwene being the very
2: observant
1: (laughs) person that Tracy claims that she is, didn't.
0: (laughs) I said of Matt. I said of Matt. I did not say (laughs) <laughs> she's not great on everyone but on matt <laughs> no like i do think it speaks
1: to her character uh, though that she was like trying to stick up for elaine because yeah what does the Oberlin say like i would something like i do not expect the daughter of and andor to speak such
0: words or something like she yeah uh, she made a statement there are such words i will not yeah, there are such words I will not tolerate in a young woman's mouth. Yeah, and Egwene... Is, Elaine of House Tricond. Yeah, Elaine of House <laughs> tracond." Yes, and
1: Egwene <laughs> is like, but she didn't say anything. And Nynaeve is like, oh, God damn it. No, yeah. Egwene, just stop. No,
0: you're... Yes, yeah. I... This whole moment is so good. Like, I love... I love the... She sneered into the soup kettles. Because Sophie Okonedo sneers oh like no one else.
2: Yes,
1: yes. <gasps> I would love to see that. And
2: oh my I god! I also just
1: want to point out because I I would I would be at fault here if I didn't if I point out Egwene's misstep and not point out Nynaeve's. Mm-hmm. because Nynaeve is like mm-hmm. talking smack about Laris. and mm-hmm. the Amarlin is like. And just so you know, when you were sent down here and doing all of these terrible jobs, Laris was the one who would say, like, I will not break mm-hmm. a young girl's spirit. And
2: mm-hmm. Laris
1: was the one to go to bat for these young women and make sure that they are not stuck doing this. Broken. Yeah. Backbreaking labor to the point where. Mm
0: hmm. They're broken, yes. So like This was another really entertaining chapter. If Wayne just she's
1: trying her best. Nynaeve is just being naive, like Totally. It is it is how it is. I think I think this is Mm -hmm. one of the things with the series where like people can kind of like get into little like Well this person is my favorite because this person is mean or this person is hypocritical and i'm like everyone in this series is hypocritical
2: (laughs) at some point i feel like
1: just how it is yeah almost everyone almost everyone
0: yeah but you know that's actually really something that i like is like the very human aspects that happen in this series and this interaction with swan like being like your great judge of character child while calling out Nynaeve for being a jerk to Mm Lars. Who hasn't had that experience? Like who hasn't like talked smack about somebody and then found out that that person was really just like an incredible person. And then Nynaeve is like, I'm going to smile at her if it breaks my face. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so instead of being like, ashamed and like digging down on like no I'm just gonna continue to think she's awful no matter what you say she's like oh okay I was wrong and I really I like that I like that that's what that kind of boils down to is she was called out for her behavior yeah and then she was like all right it's something I like about Nynaeve a lot she may be like and it's brambly and rough around the edges, but that's what I like about her. Yeah, and it's relatable too to think like if I was put in a position where I
1: was forced to do something that I thought was completely unfair, I would be completely Mm -hmm. pissed at the person who I believed was in charge of like doling out the
0: sentence.
2: (laughs) So,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And of course these
1: I said I, you know, it doesn't seem as though they would like to let these young women know that laris isn't the one in charge of like their Mm -hmm. work i mean it's Mm -hmm. it almost appears as though they were totally fine with like throwing laris under the brit you know like under the bus to kind of be like oh yeah like laris make sure they do this and you know they can just go on their merry way <laughs> until <laughs> it comes out that like Laris was the one like sticking up for them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh I said I. They're I so weird. Mean,
0: but... No, it does. I was I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like tricky tricky. Yeah. I never really know what they're thinking and that's fine. I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah
1: lots of exposition mm-hmm. this chapter about mm-hmm. Tear, which I really liked, especially Same. coming from Swan Sanche mm-hmm. and you can tell that despite her status as the flame of Tarball in the Amarlin seat Swan Sanche still has a bone to pick with Tyr, <laughs> the ruling class of Tyr yeah. I like that about her I think
0: it's probably in the main series, but I think it's definitely a new spring where we get the comment about how, unlike other individuals who came from rougher backgrounds, who left that behind them when they came to the tower, like Swan's always held on to the fact that she's a fisherman's daughter. She's proud of where she comes from and what she's been through. And I love that icon. Icon. Amazing. yes, she's brilliant. We I love love her. that about her. and seriously, yes. just Sophie Okinada as Swan Sanche is it's so good. perfect it, casting choice. So love good. It. she's just love it she's a she's a powerhouse actress in my eyes. I think she is oh, absolutely yes. riveting in everything I've seen her in. and I'm just like, Mwah. thank you wheel of time for including her in our in our world for making her this beautiful character it's so fun i hope we get more of her in season two i I do too i do too Uh, i'm scared yeah i'm scared there won't be if they're gonna include like season like books two and three well i mean book two is where she first shows up right I'm trying to think of where something spoilery happens and when it happens, because I can't remember if it's in this book or if it's in the next book. Well, Let's move on. And if it
1: comes yeah, yeah, to yeah you, Yeah, then... thanks. Okay. And I'm going to move to the next chapter because we're yeah, already let's go. in an hour almost. I'm good. Okay. Thanks. So chapter 30, the first toss. <laughs> Matt is on his way to sneak out of Tarvalin. He's packing supplies, so it appears he will be leaving on foot, all while planning to take a boat instead. He is purposely leading the Aes astray. So he needs money, and he hits up the taverns, dicing and filling his pockets with a literal fortune. <laughs> lucky roll after lucky roll. He notices at one point he is being followed, and he tries to lose the pursuer. At one point he climbs on a roof and someone attacks him. Matt throws this person off the roof but ends up falling himself, landing on the man which breaks his fall. Lucky again. Mm-hmm. He needs to calm himself and kind of like regroup. So he enters an inn called the Woman of Tanchico. I love the name of that inn. I think it's very cool. I do
0: too. I like that it has the description of the woman with her hair and braids the way that we know that mm, in the series yes. that's like they're defining physical characteristic in some ways I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and an olive branch. Like what, a, what an interesting and kind of sweet image I guess that makes to me. I don't know. But I liked it. I like the name of the inn. I love the attention to things like that in the story. Like it's not just that you're getting the name of the inn, you're getting what the inn sign looked like and like the vibe that's coming off of it before he even steps through the front door. Like you're ready to see the inside of the inn. It's
1: No, I totally get that. Yeah. And that's something like visually when I think about the TV series or just When I hear it in my head, like in the books, it's a lot easier for me, Mm -hmm. I think, to imagine locations Mm. sometimes than it is to even imagine what a character looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. I can see that. My
1: my brain is like, oh, like I can see this, you know, sign on the outside of the inn. Like I know what it should look like Mm -hmm. and I can see it in my head, but sometimes with characters not so much.
0: Mhm. Same. Yeah. And I like being able to like on a reread kind of clarify an image of a place or a person in some way that I may not have been able to before. Like especially with the TV show, it's a lot of things are in sharper focus in my head when I read them. Like some of the stuff in the in the show is kind of like taken over my brain can it? My- brain cannon yeah yeah that my head cannon whatever it is whatever was up there before some of it has been like enhanced other things have stayed the same like i'm still just not seeing tarval in the way that it is in the tv show i cannot i can't do it my version is better
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean let's be honest i think that's just i think it's just a budget thing yeah you know mm-hmm. It's hard, it's hard, it's
0: hard. It is. And I mean, I'm, I'm still digging it. It's not like I'm like, I hate it. But, you know, sometimes there are just things in my head where I'm like, I like, I like my, my vision better. It's fine.
1: It's fine. I think with the TV show, they've done a lot better with like the smaller scale. I agree. Things like, you know, certain rooms or certain sets. And yeah, yeah. like building, building a room. Mm-hmm is a lot easier than building Mm -hmm. a whole city.
0: Yeah, and even through costume, I think they've come through really well on that as well, which sometimes just pulls an entire scene together, kind of regardless of what's happening around it. There are several moments with Rosamund Pike where I can look at nothing but her. So it's like I don't really care what else is happening.
1: (laughs) Okay, so with this chapter, we get all of the talk from Matt like he always knew he was lucky he could remember always being lucky mm-hmm. and i like that because we're kind of like now we're starting this new adventure for Matt oh my gosh and like here's where everything kind of starts with Matt's luck yeah and yeah i i will not say if it if it continues <laughs> I, but it's definitely
0: important.: Yeah, there's almost a fever dream aspect to this. I feel like, because yeah. it's just like like he's just throwing dice and collecting money and tossing coins to girls with pretty eyes, you know? like,
1: yeah, he sees a waitress that he thinks is nice and
0: <laughs> Sleepy These are a fat old tip. <laughs> Have that. Yeah. I do, I do really think where he's like, if you can't hide what you are going to do, do it so everybody thinks you are a fool. And like... See, this, this is
1: why I tell everyone that Matt Cawthon is the fool tarot card. I don't tell everyone <laughs> that, but it's, it's him, it's him, mm-hmm. like he, it's the fool card. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't literally mean an idiot. Mm-mm. It's...
0: Like yeah, take the leap,
1: mm-hmm. toss the dice. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it means to me.
0: Yeah, make a make a fool out of yourself, and if it goes well, it goes well, and if it doesn't, shrug it off and move on. Like or potentially yeah, but, I get mean, killed by footpads, whichever whichever way your luck runs.
1: <laughs> right, but there's something inherently heroic about. Mm-hmm. foolishness in a way where Ooh. only a fool could walk into battle and decide like this is what I'm gonna do only a fool would take that bigger risk mm-hmm. and do what he thinks needs to be done despite the risks and if you're not willing to make that first step then mm-hmm. you know there's worse things to be than a fool
0: you are, you're hyping up my boy so much that my face is like hurting from smiling. <laughs> Good, I'm proud. Yeah, that's really true. That like inherent heroicness. I love that. I hadn't really thought about little... it that way, but I feel like that kind of hits it on the head, you know?
1: Maybe it's because I was staring at the Don Quixote poster <laughs> in my doctor's <laughs> office today.
2: <laughs>
0: You, you want to go tilt at some windmills? Is that what you really want to go do right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, when I'm, when I'm waiting in I'm there,
1: <laughs> anything is possible.
0: <laughs> you just never know. So I, I, yeah. I love the, the foolish being seen as a fool and he's like, all right, whatever, but I've got a plan. And then the, mo- the moment where someone says the dark one's own luck to Matt, and he like flips around, grabs yes. the dude and pushes him up against the wall, and then realizes how much bigger this guy is than himself. Like And he's like, I just I, I just don't like it. Yeah. It just I just don't like it. That's my whole explanation. Uh have a good night. Keep your money. Yes. I'm on my way out the door. Bye! <laughs> like. <laughs> oh
1: Matt. <laughs> yeah, and I mean this. Hmm. he's gone he's been through a lot our boy Mm -hmm. Matram.
0: well and i was just gonna say like this moment like shortly after it he says light did that bloody dagger really do something to me so this doubt that he's holding inside him and like all of those memories that he no longer has like yeah i think i would maybe snap a little at that point too he's also been under incredible scrutiny from the Aes Sedai, like, I bet he is kind of pent mm-hmm. up. He's yeah. only been able to have one fight with the Chacon boys. <laughs> yes. They didn't even, they didn't invite him back for another sparring round. That was so rude of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, okay, so, I think that there's also, like, this point where, you know, he's thinking, like, is it the dagger, and, you know, is did it really, did Shadar Logoth really do something to me? Mm -hmm. And then I think at another point, he switches his line of thought and he was like, maybe it's something the Aes Sedai did by healing me, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe by accident, maybe that's it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And he goes between like, is it the fault of Shadar Logoth or is it the fault of the Aes Sedai? Mm. And I think when you're thinking about His current situation where luck is now on his side Mm -hmm. more than it used to. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever get a confirmation anywhere saying exactly where
2: his luck comes from Mm -hmm. unless it's just the pattern. That's how I've always kind of seen it. Like
0: Perrin has his wolf ability, Rand is a mess. (laughs) And the dragon reborn. And Matt has this incredible luck. It's like the pattern gave each of them a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are good aspects to it and not so great. Aspects to it, and they all three have to find their way of working with what the pattern has given to them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, hear me out. Like, seeing Rand, (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Seeing Rand on screen become this incredibly powerful Mm
2: -hmm. character
1: where, when you think of superheroes or villains, Anywhere in entertainment or literature, like Randolph R. Randolph R. Randolph R. might be one of the most powerful magic users in a series that I can think of. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which in its own right is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like seeing that on screen, mm-hmm. like when we get to a point where we see Rand just going fully you know full with the one power mm-hmm. destroying stuff mm-hmm. like it's gonna look awesome i hope it looks awesome Well, okay like, I, I can't wait to see it
0: but well can, can i can but, I add to that yeah sure okay so one yes Yes, 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 yes. I am 100% with you. I am really excited about it, especially going from... Like, I've been thinking a lot about our our bald-headed sort of Rand versus our Mm -hmm. curly-topped, sweet, smiling Rand from season one who now in the teaser trailer, two of the main images of him... That stick out in my mind is the one where he's walking through like smoke and fire and holding a torch, and he is obviously leading whatever group yes. he's with. And then the other mm-hmm. one is where he's just sitting in the chair and he kind of has mm-hmm. like his hands poised in front of him. We are getting a very, very different vibe right off the bat from the teaser trailer. And I am thrilled. He's darker. He's. It's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's far more appealing already. Like. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, am I, am I low key lusting after (laughs) Ram? That's bothersome. (laughs) Low key lust. (laughs) Sorry, Aiden, I know you hate it when I say that, but come on. (laughs) <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, ooh, what's Rand going to be like this season?
1: <laughs> I know, right? No, I totally get it.
0: There's, uh,
1: there's something still, like, even at the end of season one,
0: like, very inherently childish about Rand. Mm-hmm. Like, he's walking I, off and he feels lost. So they're going to pull him from that to whatever it is that he is in the teaser trailer right now. Yeah. Now. okay sorry so no
1: no no, you're fine I'm just thinking okay so if we if we go back to like yes it's gonna be like completely awesome to see like this powerful Mm -hmm. magic wielder Mm -hmm. on television but I always thought that Matt's you know luck and Perrin's wolf brother abilities Mm -hmm. were a little bit cooler just because it's not so stereotypical like Mm -hmm. magic Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah like one can has like infinite luck Mm -hmm. when he needs it Mm -hmm. and the other can have conversations with animals in his head and walk through dream world dreams that you can
0: make your own in whatever way you want with a bunch of walls.
1: so i mean it's it's a nice try it's a nice trifecta Mm -hmm. it's a nice grom of abilities if you will (laughs)
0: lots
1: of threes in this series Uh, lots of threes there
0: are there are i agree but yeah i i that's how i've always seen it is like each one of them has like their own kind of special effect i i do think that rand kind of got the short end of the stick but i think a lot of it has to do with like the expectations that come along with who he is the infighting that he has to fight against in so many ways like he's Mm -hmm. his coming is like the doom for the the entire westlands that's what everybody thinks this is what he's fighting up against of course he's gonna go dark like yeah yeah That I feel like that's really understandable whereas what Perrin and Matt go through like Matt's like oh my god I have so much money I have money in my dice cups around my dice cups like in my pockets like I don't have enough Mm -hmm. places to carry all my money because of his luck like does Rand ever have a moment like that?
1: (laughs) Yeah yeah no I feel like Rand is I mean he's really the unlucky one. Seriously. <laughs> like, everything that comes to him is something he doesn't want yeah. for the most part. Like,
0: all of so. it. Like, all he wants to do is go herd sheep with his dad. That's all he wants. With Madar. With yeah. dad. Mada. I feel for Rand so often. Like, this is not what he wanted. And he's facing a world that hates him and wants to fight against him. And true allies are just few and far between. And he's so young. He's so young.
1: Yeah, I just, I go from, I go from wanting to, like, hold (laughs) sweet baby Rand Mm -hmm. to, like, shaking Yes, I am one of the dragon sworn, you know? Yes, I will follow him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think, I don't know, maybe it would be the novelty of it, the uh, nihilism of being a dragon sworn that would appeal to me. (laughs)
1: i mean i mean i might follow a shamael as well like you never know you make it you make a good point (laughs) i I might be there with you you know nihilism sometimes it's
0: destruction destruction breeds creation yeah so my philosophy or religion professor used to say in class not untrue i'm trying to think if there was anything Hmm. I don't really have a whole lot for this chapter. Your summary of it was really good. like it's a it's actually oh, a thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I mean, really, it's a fairly simple chapter to sum up almost in comparison to the other chapters too. and then of course, like chapter thirty one itself is like
2: <gasps> hooray
1: So. Should we move to the woman of Tanchica? If
0: you're ready, I am ready.
1: Alright. Chapter 31. Mm-hmm. We are now inside the inn and Matt is astonished to find none but the other none but the other. <laughs> but the other. <laughs> none, he, <laughs> Matt is astonished to find none other than Tom Marilyn entertaining the patrons. He is drunk very drunk and he is sad and he is limping and he eventually joins Matt at a table with a couple of chicken and <laughs> he is just sorrowfully telling Matt his loss over the two women that he loved Dina and Morgaze. and he blames himself for both of those situations going awry, Dana getting killed and Morgay's pretty much barring him from
2: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. so matt's kind of like all right tom well i've got a proposition for you how about you leave Tarvalin with me and go to Camlin instead and tom's like "Camlin, Camlin would suit my mood perfectly because he's just in total self-destruct mode and if he goes to Camelin and gets caught in Camelin, they'll probably hang him. <laughs> so, yay. Hooray! Great <laughs> great decisions being made. <laughs> so they leave, okay? And Matt is surprised that this corpse that he fell off the roof with is no longer there. hmm And we learned that the city guard would have not carried a dead man away without asking questions. Mm -hmm. So it appears that the city guard did not move this man, which raises even more questions. And when Matt mentions foot pads, Tom is just kind of like, no, like it doesn't happen in Tarval. And maybe some shaved dice or, you know, something else. But that, no. And this kind of just, creates more of a air of importance like Mm -hmm. we need to get out now Mm -hmm. it is not safe something wrong is happening here and matt's like all right well we're gonna catch the first ship that's sailing out of here whatever it is that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. and that's what we're taking and that's where this chapter ends off and oh my god tom Marilyn is back again okay. so happy yes so excited yes
0: yes <laughs> and it's it's so cute how both Rand and Matt find Tom in the same way and in very similar mm-hmm. places of course um and I mean we have a very different um attitude from Tom when Rand encounters him because he's He's happy where he is. He's making good money. He has a woman who loves Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And life is grand. And he's going to introduce the first female gleeman and she's going to become a court bard. Like everything's great. And then we have what happens in Kyrian. So when Matt finds him in an inn, he's drunk. And Matt's surprised. Like, he remembers, mm-hmm. like, Tom as being, like, clear-eyed and sharp and never feeling sorry for himself. And I think there's, like, a moment where, like, Matt's like, is this what you're going to do? You're just going to sit here and feel, for- feel sorry for yourself? Like, mm-hmm. what happened? I think he says, oh, do you, do you mean to drown yourself in wine? I never knew you to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, f- I feel for Tom. I love that we're, I think, like, we had to get sad, drunk Tom so that we can Mm -hmm. learn that, like, Tom killed a man Mm -hmm. in Kyrian Mm -hmm. because he admits, like, I killed a man. And, like, like, if you've been paying close attention, it's the king of... It's the king of Kyrian. Yeah. So yeah, that happened, which is like Tom's a grade
0: A assassin. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, he's so cool.
2: <laughs> so cool.
0: Who does that? Tom. 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 <laughs> I love him.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like this this whole scene, like this chapter, was my favorite chapter. Like, when I started reading The Dragon Reborn for the first time, mm-hmm. this was the chapter where I was like, and I'm fully invested. Yeah. Like, and I'm in it. Yeah. And I i mean, I don't, that that might sound kind of like bad that it took me half the mm-hmm. book to be like, oh, and now I'm like in it.
2: Mm-mm. But mm-hmm.
1: it's a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this I think at this point is where you can say like, Things start to shift oh, in yeah. the series or in the book, mm-hmm. not the series. Mm-hmm.
0: I would say this is our tipping point. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, oh, my God. There are ships coming, going, I'm, I guess. I'm so
1: excited for the
0: next chapters. Oh, my God. So excited. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so much stuff <laughs> happening. So much stuff happening. And
0: I mean, this is actually what makes a Robert Jordan novel worth reading like sometimes it can feel like a bit of a struggle to get through some of the pieces but then by the time you get to this point where he's like put everything it's like and off we go to the end and the end is gonna be like and what happens next and i i love that so much like i still feel the rush of the adventure to come every time i read these books and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how, my, how many times I've read the first four books. Like, they're by far my favorites. Should we
1: move to spoilers? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where would you okay. like to start? Go
1: well, back for to... one, The Gray Man and Sherry on. Oh,
0: that's exact. That was the first thing I had written down. Okay, good. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't... I'm not sure, like, was this
1: supposed to be a message to Shiryam? Right. Like, you're next, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. because it's in her bed. Like, you're not doing what you're supposed to Mm -hmm. be doing because you're Black Aja, so this could be your future. Mm
2: -hmm. Or was it?
0: It wouldn't be the first time. Like, it wouldn't be the first time that a message like that has been given by dark friends to other dark friends. By the orders of higher up dark friends. So, yeah, that was what I was thinking too. But I feel like just any dead person
1: in her bed would be a fine choice mm-hmm. instead of a gray man. Yeah.
0: Like, why waste a gray man? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's really bizarre. And why Shirium? Mm-hmm. Like, if, you're, if you don't know who Shirium is and her actual Aja color, and you're Swan talking about it, like, this has got to be. A little baffling but i also like does anybody think like maybe this Nynaeve does Nynaeve does let me go back sorry i think i'm answering my own question yeah sure sorry <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay so Nynaeve after she finds out she's like thinking about it and then her thought is what about keeping an eye on shiriam maybe she didn't just find that gray man the amaryland the Emerling could watch Elida, too, for that matter. So Alana really did, dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, so Nynaeve does take that train of thought that mm-hmm. since they're Black Aja hunting, gray men are associated with the Dark One. Is this a message to Sheriam because she's Black Aja? Yeah, I mean, that's, that was the only, I mean, it made the most
1: sense to me. Mm-hmm. There could be other options. I would love to know more theories on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, maybe I'm boring, but I do really like think that it's, it's a message to Shiryam. We know that Shiryam isn't great at following orders. Later on in the series, when she's told she needs to do something and she can't do it, she loses. I mean, she, I mean, she tries, but she doesn't try nearly as ruthlessly as other members of the Black Aja have. hmm So. Yeah. It's an in- Shirium is an interesting character to me. I feel like her wrap up is a little abrupt. Yeah, could have gone a little harder mm-hmm. there. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know what? There are so many endings to certain characters where I'm like this could have been mm-hmm. a whole book worth of build up mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have hated it. Mm-hmm. But with the whole black aja at the end, it kind of just like it feels like it almost got drawn out so long without some of the major, mm, inter- like, interesting plot points to go along with it, where, like, we don't really get anything from their point of view. So when they're axed, it's kind of like, well, ban another one bites at us, and we move on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of moments with them where they're just doing things like sitting in a big manor house channeling. Now, do you think that... I feel like there's two options here with the Wheel of Time television Mm, show.
1: Okay. Are they going to reveal who the Black Aja is to viewers, but not the main characters, so that the viewers are Mm. worried for our leads? Or is it going to be revealed to us and the characters at the same time? Because, I mean, with... Leandrin, they could do it in a way where we don't know that she's black aja because let's say the sean chen shackle her up and take her away and then just like let her go mm-hmm. you know what i mean
0: i but I, mean... I kind of hope that the audience finds out at the same time as the characters
2: me too yeah me too
0: i love that who is it mystery to kind of pull apart it keeps me involved and curious, and
1: nervous. Me too. When it's done, when it's executed well. Yeah, yeah. If it's... When it's not, it's just like, I, I hear the, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, if it's not, then it just makes it like, who's the dragon 2.0? Who's <laughs> the dragon point to electric boogaloo? Who's the dragon point to black Aja boogaloo? There we Ooh, go. Ooh, I like that. I think with Leandrin it's not such a big deal whether or not she's revealed at first Mm -hmm. because she barely shows up afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, like, a big deal. But, like, having Kate Fleetwood with this role, I feel like maybe they would want to keep someone like her around. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe it's best to kind of, like, hold off on her big reveal and then kind of
0: let her story go on a little bit until we find out. She shows up at the end of book four, right? In tier, like she, as you, yeah, I think you're right. I think she's part of the group that comes and takes them from that one woman's the healer's house. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if she was part of that group or not, but I'm I'm fairly certain that they run into her while they're in tier. I don't remember for sure.
1: I think you're right, but I just mean like as far as having, like, a huge role in the book series, mm-hmm. she, it's, she doesn't have one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It would be good to give her more, and I can see them doing that. Like, I can see, yeah, like... Yeah, they mm-hmm. could make
1: her, like, the head, mm-hmm. <laughs> Black Aja mm-hmm. sister whatever.
0: Yeah, I can see that easily. I'm trying to think...
1: What else I had for spoilers?
0: I don't really have a lot. I don't really have anything at all. <laughs> I do wonder why Landfear chose Elsa's face for the messenger.
1: Oh yes, thank you. Okay, You're Elsa, welcome. that was that was the that was the one thing that I had written down somewhere, but obviously didn't put in my notes. <laughs> so weird that Landfear would choose someone that's actually not even in the tower, right? Like, if you can. disguise yourself then why didn't she just show up as swan well swan wouldn't send a message herself she would have a minion do that yeah but she could have i don't know did she just pick someone that she knew that no one would be able to question Mm -hmm. possibly like if she pretended to be like liana or someone else mm-hmm. swan would just be like did you do that and liana would be like no and then they would be like that's weird oh yeah <laughs> you know
0: oh that's a good point
1: so maybe it was just like there's no I'm... there's no one to
0: question and also maybe it's to kind of fuck with them like Could be a little bit of like gaslighting
1: uh-huh like, am I going crazy? It was Elsa Grunewald, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Seems like a Lanphier thing to do. Yeah,
0: like, I can do this because I want to. And I want you to know that I'm messing with you. Like, she runs, like, Green runs into the person that she thinks is Elsa and it's Lanphier. So she knows that something weird is happening there. And then to find out that Elsa was not the messenger and wasn't even in Tarvalon at all at that time, like, Land Fear, messing with people's heads.
2: she's, yeah, she's done that-, that
0: slightly better than she's handled the boys, at least. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oddly I think enough. when it comes down to making the Forsaken more competent mm-hmm. it really just comes down to their backstory mm-hmm. like already the dark friends have already had like a much better story to tell an explanation yeah. for why they are like they are instead of just i decided to wake up and choose evil you know
0: <laughs> i'm mad at Luce theron
1: Luce right, Theron gets right.
0: everything Pow pow pow.
1: I think with Lanfear it would be so easy to be like I just wanted to be stronger than the rest of these men forsaken Mm -hmm. and I was pretty much and like Luce Theron was my ticket to rule Mm -hmm. like with with us two, we would be
2: unstoppable Mm -hmm. so
1: hashtag power couple (laughs) vibes. yes 100% with the others it it just comes down to how much of a backstory they want to give them. I mean, there are some of the Forsaken where they could just be like, well, once Ishamael proclaimed himself for the side of darkness, Mm -hmm. then like, other strong channelers decided to follow his lead. Mm -hmm. And like, these were the most Powerful ones, which th- that's what the Forsaken are. They were the most powerful followers of the Dark One, mm-hmm. but they could have some like following Ishamael. They could have some for their own mm. personal reasons. You know, I think Grendel was one that they could co- probably keep because I feel like she adds a little bit of. I feel like Grendel is the extravagant. Ooh, yeah. Like, yeah. Just. You know, like she's just she's kinda there to party. You yeah. know, she had a shit life And yep. the age of legends, and now she's just like, you know what, I'm just gonna live
0: my best life she and really do what I want. To just indulge fully in all of the pleasures right. that she can. And I think that's it. That would be fun to explore. Mm, yeah, it so, would. Yeah. Ooh, that Exciting would, be really, okay. that would right? be really fun. Okay. Right. Really fun. But that's all I have. That's awesome. So much fun. These were good chapters. I'm so excited. Ah. We're getting on ships, Amber. We're going places. We're getting on ships and we're going places. Yep. And I think I'm going to hit end. That sounds perfect.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community.
0: Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes.
1: We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalan.